In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, this is talking sex and relationships with your teenagers. Yeah. The game plan. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, Quincy Moran, the Q dog, in the studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie. Hello. And we are talking about sex and relationships and having the birds and bees conversation with your teenagers. And if you heard the last episode, I think we did a whole lot of talking and hopefully hopefully we go back and listen to it. We'll find that there is value, but we kind of gave you the journey story, which is what we were going through. Now, I want to talk to you about the conversation that we had um, with our daughter who we'll refer to as Jill, and this young man that she was talking about making her forever man, and his name will be Jack. And that's just the way that we do it here. So talking today with our daughter, um, I had some questions because uh, her friend came over and he was supposed to ask me if they could be made official. And my first question was, what does that mean? And her answer was, I don't know. And I said, okay, well, what does that mean to him? And she said, I don't know. And that perturbs me. Because if you, the way I've, I've built, you know, the way I've put into my children is, if you're gonna ask something, be resourceful and understand what your responsibility is in this. And she didn't look at that. There's either two things. She didn't look at it or she was embarrassed to say. And I think based on what we talked about today, she didn't look at it. And she didn't even look at what do you mean by you want to make this official? So um, between that time and today, which had been a couple days, I was talking to her again. I said, I said, Jill, are you looking at what is the, re- the the intention with this relationship and making it official? Is this, do you see this guy as being your forever guy? And she goes, yeah, I really do. I said, okay, well, let me talk here for a second. I want you to hear me out, and then I'll hear you out. I said, you, you're saying that this forever guy that you want to be with wants to make your relationship official, yet you couldn't define that and he couldn't define that. And then abruptly she cuts me off and says, well, I know now what he means about making it official. So I was like, okay, I just let her talk. And it's uh, holding hands, it's cuddling, it's kissing, and it's saying I love you. And they, I said... They do all of that except for kissing right now. I don't know that they've been cuddling. They were cuddling on the couch last night. Okay, I didn't see that, or I might have become a lion. Anyway, um, I said, okay, I just want to give you a brief understanding about young men, which I'm sure she probably already knows, and what it means when you become official and when you cross certain lines. And so I gave her the idea of, 
when you start holding hands and you start cuddling, then you start kissing. The next, you know, it goes from a closed mouth kiss to an open open mouth kiss. It goes to then an open mouth with tongue. Before you know it, you know, his hands are going to be on you. Your hands are going to be on him. And the progression of where that goes and how it becomes an expectation. That is biology. It's nature. And I said, so you, so you want to make your relationship official with this guy, right? She goes, well, I kind of feel like things are moving too fast and I want to slow this down. I said, okay, and what did he say when you told him that? Um, And I think she had told him that, but he was reinforcing that he wanted to speed this process up. He had a goal. Come to find out he had a goal that he wants her to be his girlfriend by December but she wants to slow this thing down. I said, okay, so why aren't you comfortable speaking on your behalf? I don't want to hurt his feelings. I said, okay, well, herein lies a problem. And we were taught this uh, by a pastor of ours, and, and I hadn't heard the concept before he had told me the concept, so it's not like this is an original of his, but he taught us, that the way you do one thing is the way you do it all. And you have heard that kind of talk from me on this very podcast. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And people will dispute that. That's fine. Dispute it. I found it as a truth in my life and the people around me. So I said, okay, well, um, if you can't say how you feel because you were concerned about hurting his feelings, where's your voice? Why isn't your voice valuable in this relationship? And then we got to talking about some more things, and and you come to find out that he has some very manipulating ways about him, manipulating behaviors about him, and she has a pretty soft heart, and she doesn't want to hurt people's feelings or disappoint them. So we took that, I took that, and I said, okay, I want to unpack something for you. And then we talked about um, if, you, if you're if you going to overlook your own desire in making this relationship official, if you're going to surrender yourself here, where else are you going to surrender? And how far does it go? And then I went back to talk to her about, you know, touching, kissing, cuddling, And where does it go from there, whether you're comfortable with it or not? Being curious about it and being comfortable is two different situations. So um, the conversation progressed from there, and then Jeannie came into the room. And uh, and, um, Jill and I had gotten pretty far into the conversation. Now, there's other conversations that have gone on mother-daughter that I wasn't privy to, But I had to go downstairs and handle something. And when I came back, they were having a completely different discussion. And so Jeannie closed the door and we got with Jill and we started kind of laying out what we were hearing. Not our own idea, but the things that she was saying and kind of repeating them back to her and asking her with her own words, what do you think of this? And her face started to change a little bit. And finally, I said, okay, Jill, this is the guy you want to spend your life with. 
You want to slow things down. He wants to speed things up. You don't feel comfortable with giving him your position on this because you don't want to hurt his feelings. I said, okay, do you think he would make a great husband for you like I make for mom? No immediate answer. I said, how about this? Give me some reasons that this young man would make a great partner for the rest of your life. You hear, do you hear that? That was her answer. So then she looked up and she started searching and she's like, uh, I can't really come up with anything. And she said, well, he's generous. He cares about me. And he cares about our feelings and it's like, it's equal. I said, okay. So he's generous. He cares about how you feel. And it's equal for you both. And I said, well, what about the part where he doesn't care that you want to slow things down? He wants, he, has a goal. he wants to make it official. And you're not comfortable with that. Things are going too fast. And she said, making an excuse for him. Well, he has a goal to make me his girlfriend by December. And it's like, first of all, that's a very teenage thing. So I get it. But it's like, okay, that says a little bit more. So do you think it is equal because you don't want this to happen this way right now and you want to slow this down and he wants to speed it up? Does that sound equal to you? And she's like, well, no. So that... That became the basis from which we started to unpack her thinking on why she wanted this relationship. Come to find out, she wants to slow it down because she feels like it's moving too fast. He wants to speed it up. So she wanted him to ask me if they could make it official knowing that I'm going to say, no, it's not time. And, and it's it, our fault. And it won't make her the bad guy, so to speak. But really, you really, you have, when you are listening to somebody talk and there are things going on, and I have found this out recently about myself in a discussion I'll be having with Jeannie really soon, there's a root of the issue. And unless you get down to the root, you're never going to fully understand or be able to overcome whatever this insecurity is in your life. And that might sound like a deep topic for somebody who's 17, but we're talking about some pretty serious yeah. situations here with somebody that you have decided you're going to marry, but then you can't come up with one reason on why they would make a good partner. Um aside from he's generous or because he likes school. Okay, those are not reasons to marry somebody, all right? So kind of feeding her words back to her and, and 
feeding her um not, it's not her train of thought but giving her her philosophy on it or I can't come up with a word here giving that back to her when she heard it it didn't even make sense to her why she was doing this so then you ask a, a, a question that's a little bit deeper I say look my dear you're willing to devalue yourself so much to get something you want so badly with someone who you can't even give a good reason about why they'll make a why they would make a good partner for your life. I said, is that fair to you? The obvious answer is no. So we're we're sitting here going, okay, who said that you're not valuable enough to make whoever this person is worthy of your heart as opposed to lowering yourself to their standard for what they want and making what they want the only thing that is important. Where, where are you lacking in this particular area of your life? What has caused you to believe these things? And I think that is a very important question for ourselves first. And we need to walk through that experience in these areas of our life so that when we talk to our kids, we know how to help grow them in this area. I hope this is not rambling. I hope this makes sense because ultimately... It came down to her desire for wanting attention. And it's most likely attention that she's not getting here. She's not fulfilled enough here to feel solid in whom she is as a person. And that's because there are some relationships with her sisters that are not exactly in a great place. Well, and... This was where mom comes in. She's been, you know, she reads books. She watches TV. They watch movies. And the girls are seeing that these girls in the shows or in the the books or whatever are being fulfilled by the guy. They're being made to feel great, to feel precious, to feel like they're valued by, you know, whoever the guy is in the story. And how that happens is, of course, they kiss they start getting physical they have intercourse what have you and this is the idea I think that she's fed on is if I could just get that attention and that connection I'll be a value to him and he'll hold on to me and then it'll be better and so I kind of came in and I asked a few questions because there were some behaviors that I had seen and so I questioned her and said you know with a manipulative type of behavior are you willing to accept when you don't make this person happy, what's going to happen to you? Where's your mind going to go? Because I can tell you right now, when you're not good enough for somebody and you don't feel like you're hitting the mark, those negative thoughts start to take over. Mm-hmm. And they start to send you down a spiral. And I explained to her, you know, when I go through depression, it doesn't just affect me, it affects dad. How I am physically, emotionally, spiritually affects dad. Because, And I, I flipped it and said, when your dad's upset, he's had a bad day and he doesn't talk to me, I automatically, as a natural response, because I'm assuming it's me because you're not talking to me, I start tearing myself down trying to figure out what I did, where did I go wrong, how do I fix it, and I just, I go into a spiral. 
And I asked her, I said, what are you going to do when that's you? Because this person is not satisfied with where you're at. She's like, well, I don't know. I said, okay, well, let's just take it from a physical aspect. You start kissing, touching, what have you, and now he's ready for sex and you're not. What are you going to do? Because now you're going to be bordering on the thought of, is he going to go somewhere else and get it? Is he going to stay with me? And we explained, you know, there are a lot of guys in the world that they get what they want, they move on. Or if they get what, if they don't get what they want, they'll move on. Well, to be fair, there's people in general that do yeah, that. Yeah, there are. You know. But it was just trying to get, get her on that page. And then I started asking her because she's extremely curious when it comes to sex and relationships. She has a very um, interesting curiosity, and it's not a bad thing. I prefer that they talk to me about it. Um, I, I don't sugarcoat anything. I don't hide anything. When the girls come in and say, we were watching this show, and they asked me what a knob job was, what is it? I explain it. You know, when one of the girls comes in and says, what does the WAP song mean? I explained it. You know, what does it mean when somebody says, you know, you're, you're, you, they want oral sex? I've explained it in full detail. Why? Because I do not want some young man teaching my daughter saying, here, let me show you. And them not understanding and being caught off guard. Mm -hmm. You know, we jokingly have had conversations when the kids say, oh, I'll I'll never do that. Dad and I both don't ever say never because you never know what you're going to do when you're married. Things are different when you're behind closed doors with your spouse. But we're very, very candid about things. Now, it's not like they know every detail, but I don't lie to them. So she got into reading some books and, you know, movies and things like that. And, of course, she knows I have Fifty Shades. I read romance novels. She knows what's in them. Some of the teenage books that they have have sex scenes in them, and she'll come and ask questions. And her biggest thing has been, you know, asking questions about bondage and why is it good or why is it bad and why do people have these kind of relationships. And um, a lot of it kind of stemmed towards Fifty Shades. She's never read it. But she's heard enough conversation about it. It is used in some of their high school classes as topic of conversation. Are you freaking kidding me? Uh, no. But um, it's a debate because it's a debate between abuse and what's acceptable in a relationship. But anyway, I took that and used that in this particular situation. Said, so is this someone that you could see trusting fully to be that vulnerable with and not taking advantage of it? Or not getting upset about something because you weren't doing what was asked of you and not taking it to the extreme and hurting you. And, of course, she was like, mm, no, uh, no, to both questions. And I said, okay. Whether or not this is a, a type of relationship she's going to pursue in her life, I don't know. But the fact that this is where her vein of curiosity is, that was my opening. That's why I took it, because I needed her to understand if you're seriously considering these things, you have to be very specific about the type of person that you give yourself to and how you trust them, how much you trust them. It's like You have to know that you're safe in any aspect of your relationship. So we got into that, and then we started talking about um, her own goals and her own values. And I told her, you know, we, we had a friend recently who found out that she had this per- the boy that she was talking to and he jumped on the phone and was like, "Well, I need to know if you're going to if you're strong enough to kick my ass because if you can't get through me, how do I know you can protect her?" And he's like a big brother to her. He- he's a little younger, but they're like brother and sister. And I watched from across the room as her face lit up as these two boys were having this argument over her and it was just like, "Okay, wait a minute. 
there's something there. And at first I thought, okay, she's, she likes this kid now and now we're going to have a little conflict, but it wasn't that at all. It was the fact that another young man stepped in and saw value in protecting her and saw her as something important and special. And so I asked her, how did you feel when this person said this to that person? And she kind of made this face. And I told her, I said, you don't even have to answer that. Dad and I know the answer just by the expression on your face. And so she was like, well, it, it, it felt good. And I said, okay. Now, if you were on campus and this person you're with right now wasn't on campus, you would have a bunch of young men that are interested in you and a lot of young men who would be vying for your attention. How would you feel then? Would you still say that this is the person or is he just the person for now because no one else is available? And so we kind of went around the mountain on that and we, we discussed a lot in the area of sex because that is where the girls TV shows and conversations and things have been lately. That, that seems to be the one vein that they're all on when you and I are in the room is, can I ask you about this? And then they start rapid fire questions. Um, I think we shocked a couple of people that have recently been in the house because they weren't expecting my candid answers. But um, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm just not going to lie. So when this came about, I said, let me ask you this. Do you value yourself? And she could, I, the look on her face, she just couldn't answer. I said, okay, I want you to do something for me. I want you to take a piece of paper. I want you to go in your room and I want you to write three things. Or I want you to tell me what you value in yourself, the most important things that you love about yourself, the things that are important to you that you are proud of. And then I want you on another page to write the things you don't value, things you don't like, things maybe you want to change or you wish you just didn't have about you. And then on a third page, I want you to give me three goals. And I had to be specific because she is one of those people that automatically her answer to everything is about school getting married, having children, moving on, and, and her life 15 years down the road. She's not thinking right here, right now. So I had to be specific. So I want goals about now, things for yourself. And I use this example because um, we were talking about her personal value and how she stopped working out so she could get her schoolwork done to make sure that she was available to answer the phone when this person called her every day. Because when she missed his call, he'd get upset and she felt bad for hurting his feelings. So um, we started talking about, you know, you, she was doing this for herself. It was something she wanted. She was unconf not confident in herself or her body, so she was making progress. She just recently switched to a new program, which is a little harder for her, more challenging. But she was doing it. And this is what she's been building for. So, of course... Her sister and I are pushing her because her sister is like a mini Quincy and is complete human enhancement when it comes to, you have a fitness goal, I'm going to take you there. So, you know, she's just been a, a huge cheerleader for her. And then as things started changing, we kind of noticed that she really wasn't picking up on the, the encouragement. She wasn't picking up on the hints of, hey, let's go. Come on, I got your stuff. Let's go. So today I was like, you know, let me, let me give you this example. I'm, and, you know, you've heard it before on the show when I – I've been working out for a while and I bought a bikini. I hadn't worn one since I had the, the triplets. So 18 years when I came out, Quincy had had a bad day. I didn't know he had had a bad day. We hadn't discussed it. And I'm out here in a bikini top and that's it. And trying to show him, you know, I've got my little outline of my six pack starting and I'm feeling strong. I got my little muscles in my arms now, but I'm excited because 
I'm not uncomfortable in my mom body anymore because it's changing. And his response was, that's nice. Okay, cue the music over here because that's not the response that should have happened. But when I was talking to her and, and Quincy and I have had this conversation, I was more pissed off at myself for relying on him to make me feel validated in my accomplishment. When I wasn't doing it for him, I was doing it for me. I wanted to change my body. I wanted to feel better. Yes, there were benefits for me and him, but why should one word deflate the last 12 weeks? Why should it take away my achievement? And I told her I had to walk through it. I had to process through not that I don't value your dad's opinion, but that I needed to be confident in myself enough to know I'm still proud of my accomplishment. Whether you're happy, whether you express it the way I, I plan on you to or I want you to, I need to own my own and be proud of myself, period. I value what I just did because I put all that work in. I'm the one that did all the, the dieting and made sure that I was staying on point. And I look freaking good in the bikini and I'm going to be happy about it. Mm-hmm. And getting her to realize I'm 42 and you're 17 and I'm still processing through what you're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. So if you can get these tools now and learn from my mistake and hopefully build your value now so you you are holding on to what you're worth you want to work out so we start asking her does he ask you about your workouts does he know you work out well no he doesn't ask me about it okay your dad asked me about my gym time every single day he checks in with me on my diet you want someone who's going to encourage you. And Quincy told her, you know, when mom has a goal, do I just sit back and eh, whatever? Or do I encourage her? Do I talk to her? Do I try to find out where she's at? He's like, I try to help her get to that goal any way that I can. That's what you want in a partner because your dad values what my goals are. That's a person who's valuing on equal measure. Yeah, and we made the point too because it's not like – we're expecting these two 17-year-old kids to um, be as advanced as a couple of 42-year-olds in their relationship. That That's not the point at all. It's just enlightening her to see, um, does he ask you about these things? Does he ask you about you and your this and your that and your this at all? <clears throat> Ultimately, it came down to no, it doesn't. And it came down to when, you know, She's on the phone with this young man. This is not disrespecting this young man either. This is more about building Jill's awareness. It's not to come down on this teenage boy. He's He's a a teenage teenage boy. boy. (laughs) I mean, really. And she's a teenage girl. So I'm not disparaging this young man. What What I'm attempting to do is to allow my daughter the opportunity to open her eyes and see what is important for her when it comes to a relationship because she was about to jump into something that she didn't want to do. She was about to give part of herself away, and I don't mean give sex in, in a sexual sense. No, she was I giving mean, up her in, voice. I mean in her voice and her you know, emotional in an emotional place. She was about to give it away. And, you know, it, it came down to, well, you know, really when we talk on the phone, I you know, I am bored a lot of the times because it's there's not generally anything about me. It's more 
about him and about what he wants to do. And it's like, why would you get into a relationship where you don't have a voice? Ultimately, what it comes down to is, my darling, if you don't know your worth and your value, what business do you have getting into a relationship? Because then you'll allow that person to define your worth and value. You need to know what you are bringing to the relationship so that you can have a positive impact on their life and vice versa. They can do the same for you. I think one of the the big moments too was when we asked her, you know, what happens if this progresses and you get pregnant and now you're a teenage mom? What, What do you do about college? And the fact that she actually answered, well, I would have to do it online, which is not what I want to do, but that I could do that. It was like, whoa, you've already thought about this situation, which means you've already considered that going down this road, your life is going to revolve around what he wants, and you're just going to adapt. Well, I, and, and just listening to the answer that she gave, and because she is a bit like me, um, I don't know if she had thought that process through or if that was the answer that came to her mind. But what I do know, what I do know for sure is that she had she had surrendered what was important and valuable and worthy about herself in order to get attention from a young man who is not ready. Ready, he's not mature enough. He's not he's not prepared. And there's a there's another part of this story that has to do with um him and the way he interacts with his parents that I don't want to talk about. Just trust me when I say that, you know, there is a bit of manipulating going on and there are other things that have to do with guilt manipulation and and for him Red to box. be able to, for him to be able to get his way. And that's where we took the idea to say, look, that's where I explain, thank you for bringing that up, the idea of red flags in a relationship. Red flags in a relationship are not things you want to look past. They're things you want to look at to see if you can come to a common place or if it's a place where you can grow. Because in order to get into a serious relationship, and this was serious because she said it's the guy she want to spend the rest of her life with, you want to understand who it is you're going to be with. And these are things that she hadn't thought about again so the goal here for us as parents is to say know your worth know your value so you don't cheapen yourself for the first boy that's gonna that's willing to give you some attention because what happens when you get so desperate for some type of attention you'll take bad attention because it's attention Well, and I thought it was important for her to see, too, that I'm still struggling with the same thing she is, where there are moments where I have to choose what's important to me, what what do I value in this achievement, and not rely on someone else or, or another opinion to make me feel like what I've done is worthy or what I've done is a true achievement. I wanted her to understand that I'm not just talking to you like this because you're a 17-year-old kid and you don't know what you're talking about and you don't understand all of these different things. I wanted her to realize 
adults are still trans or are still processing these things. We're still learning these things too. Right. I'm not trying to tell you I'm an expert in everything that you've been through, but I've been through a lot of it. And just saying that we have it at our point at 42 and you're 17, we have the value um, of experience because we've been through these things. Well, and now we have the tools to say, okay, wait, now I recognize why did I get so upset about this? What bothered me so much? Mm -hmm. And the answer was, did I value myself enough in what I've achieved to hold on to my achievement and say, okay, you know what? He's probably just having a bad day. We'll talk about it later. Or did I take it to heart and let it wreck everything that I've done? I want her to see that because she's made huge progress mm -hmm. towards the goals that she had for herself. And it just took the rug right out from underneath her to meet phone calls. It's like, okay, but where's your value in that? How do you feel now? Are you feeling energized and do you feel good when you look in the mirror? No, she's wearing big old baggy shirts and low hanging sweats again. She wasn't doing that when she was staying on top of her regimen. And it was kind of like, you know, we're learning balance. We use the, the example of balance for, you know, when you have a cheat day or, um, you know, what, with Quincy finding balance in, in um, yesterday's events because we made a bunch of keto snacks and it's not usually what he would eat because he's carnivore. I was excited. I was proud of what I did. So he took a step out of his normal strict routine to make me happy and to try what I had made and to put value to what I had done for him. So we're trying to get her to understand, you know, there, there's a place of balance in everything, be it your relationship, be it in, you know, the, the diets that we do, the lifestyles we choose, you have to be able to balance both. And right now where she's sitting in this relationship, the scales are completely tipped one-sided and she doesn't see that. And so we, it, it's our job to, through all different conversations, obviously, you know, the sex part was just the one that impacted her and caught her attention the most because it was like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. But I use that to my advantage because I know that that's something that she's longing for later on in life. Our job is to give her the examples, ask her the questions, allow her to hear her own answers fed back to her to make sure, is this really what you're thinking? Mm -hmm. Does this really sound healthy to you? Does it sound like a wise choice? And then to turn around and give her examples from our own life now. Now, we can tell her stories from when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. That doesn't matter because she wasn't here then and it just isn't in her face. But to see what we're dealing with now and to say, I'm still struggling in this area. So I get where you're coming from, but I'm willing to help you work through it. Yeah, and the basis of those struggles, the majority of those come from your intimate relationships before us. Mm -hmm. And you didn't know about your value and your worth. You didn't understand that. You weren't taught that. Um, you weren't taught why that was important. So in, in, in my perspective there, if you don't know or have some sense of confidence in your value and your worth, then the people around you can truly tear you apart or manipulate you into giving them what they want. And we talked about that with some of her sisters, that they'll just ask her because she'll just stop, she'll defer, and she will go and do for them and put herself aside. Now, there is a time 
for being selfless. But when it's at an unhealthy level, where's the balance? So I think the exercise that you gave her is very important. And I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Well, and, I'm, and it's not something that I just gave to her. And I told her that I'm doing this for myself. I'm doing the same exercise for myself because I know there's areas that I'm struggling with right now. And I need to figure that out. So the the three goals, I told her, we'll make three goals and we'll do a 30-day challenge. And I explained to her, I'm doing one for myself. Uh, for doing two-a-day workouts for 30 days in October. Why? Not because my trainer said so, not because I have to, but because I want to prove to myself that I can put aside enough time more than once a day to do what I need to do for myself. Mm -hmm. And what am I going to gain once I accomplish doing that for myself for 30 days? It's a small thing. It's very simple. It's not anything where, you know, it's life-changing, detrimental. Something's going to be huge impactfully. It's just a simple exercise to prove to me that I can give myself what I want. I can do what it is that I'm trying to do for myself without feeling like I'm not giving everybody else what they deserve. I'm not holding up my end for everybody else. Well, as much as you say it's not huge or mega impactful or whatever language you use, it actually is. Because it, it when you get down to the nitty-gritty of the situation. Um, this is one of those areas in your life where you have to be able to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to find value in yourself. You have to build trust within yourself to know wh- when the rubber meets the road that you can count on you. You have to know that. And that's what you're building. No matter if it's this 30-day challenge or what you did in the first 12 weeks, that's very, very important and I appreciate Ed Milet for teaching us that lesson of why can't you do this? Well, it's because you don't trust yourself. And you are building trust in yourself when you do that. As she now steps back to say, you know, and I told her, I said, sex is one, one of the sacred gifts in life that you can never give away for the first time again. I know. I made that. I made that mistake. In my, in my, um, in my giving that away, it was a very unhealthy situation, very unhealthy and very detrimental to me that involved somebody much, 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 much older than me. And I had no business going through that. I had no business doing that. But we are big on teaching the kids that there's cause and effect. And when you're going to make a decision, you do something on purpose Understand that there are consequences to that. Good, bad, or indifferent. And the way that she was going into this, going to get into this relationship was, I don't want it to be this, but I don't want to hurt his feelings. And it's like, well, here's what you, here's the, the big picture. You're losing yourself. And this is just starting off. This is not healthy for you and you're losing yourself because you don't find value in you. And why don't you find value in you? Because you don't trust yourself. You don't you don't have that sense of worth in yourself to say no, I am worth this. I am worth more. I am worth your best, young man. So that's why I give myself my best because I'm building that. I'm going to give you my best 
and I want you to give me your best. And I want you to have the best intentions and not just a selfish suck hole that I'm going to have to feed into because that's not healthy. Now, people just don't know that, especially at 17 years old. But that's why we're providing this perspective so that she can see, look at all you've surrendered for this one situation. And it's only phone calls right now. That's the scary part is it's just phone calls, emails, and a visit maybe once or twice a month. It's not even a full on, we're with each other every day at school. We're going to lunch every day together. We're seeing each other after school for study dates. We're going out to the movies. None of that. It's has like, happened. This is like the mildest case of dating, so to say, ever. Mm-hmm. And she's already completely spun her entire world on making this person happy. And we are not a, a bag of fools. We know we're not going to prevent our kids from making mistakes. Part of life, part of humanity is making mistakes. We're just preparing her. And I, I think this is a fortunate situation that came about because we can really – we're really able to give her some perspective on how she sees herself. And I think that that's where I think I, I hope this helps the listener because it's not the boy. The boy's right. a nice kid. He's a good kid. He's not mature. He has some growing up to do. There's nothing against this boy at all. Mm-hmm. The point of this conversation was to help her recognize you're not ready for this. He's clearly not ready for this, but you're willing to throw away everything that you're holding close. It, originally, she wanted to go to an Ivy League school. She's doing a project for school. She found out Ivy League is way too expensive. Truth be told, Ivy League would, would be very difficult for her to pull off given her it's learning out of, difficulties. It's out of her abilities, and ha- that's, that's what— However, then she turned around and, and went from— Wanting to go to an Ivy League school, in the same breath, she says, but that's okay, I'll go to community college, and I'll just get my associate's degree, and then I can be a writer from there. And I was like, hold on, wait a time out. No one said you can't go to a four-year college. No one said you can't get your, your bachelor's degree like you wanted to. It might take you a little longer, but no one said you couldn't. We just said, let's not shoot for Ivy League. Let's shoot for something in the middle. A lot of people don't go to Ivy League schools for the same reasons of not being able to reach the marks or not having the money. There's no disgrace there. But no one said you can't still go to a four-year school. Mm -hmm. Her goal was to get out of California, to move out of state, and go to a new school for four years because she wants to experience life somewhere else and see what it's like in another state. Okay, cool. Today's conversation, I think I'm just going to go to the local college here and – and I can just be a writer with an associate's degree. Uh, excuse me. This, this You just took your major life goals that we just discussed a week ago over the school project, and you squashed them down to minimal, almost nothing. For what? What's your purpose in staying in California? Well, he wants to stay here with his family. Again, you took, this huge goal that you had. You want to travel. You want to see other places. Mm-hmm. You want to gain experience. And you're going to squash all that because this is the person. It's like, honey, you're 17. This is not the person. 
And I'm, I'm not saying you can't have a relationship with him. I'm not saying you guys can't still be friends and still see each other and still talk. I'm saying don't pull all the eggs in one basket just yet. This is not the long haul relationship. This is the starter point. Yeah, and if there were, uh, you know, many of the boxes that she could check, say, okay, this makes sense. Go to the next. Go to the next level. And hopefully, we're doing right by her. And I and I hope that we can take this experience once we've kind of worked through it a little bit and sit with her sisters, and we can use this as an example and say, "All right, so and so, let's talk about what you just went through, so that you are able to." be this example because you are an older sister and let's talk to your sisters about this because it's important that you pass down your experiences and give them an opportunity to grow from your experience it's basically what we do with this podcast and that's that's basically what we did with her today in talking sex and relationships Mm -hmm. you've got to count the cost of what you're willing to do and look at all that you're surrendering. Look at how much you've devalued yourself. Because ultimately it comes down to you don't believe in the value and worth that you have. And when you don't know that, you will not make decisions based on your best interest. When you come to a relationship, you want to be the best possible person that you can be. And you're hoping the other person is the same and you you endeavor to find that out and then you have a common goal between you for your relationship in your life and we know i know she's 17 this is something brand new be her first relationship but i feel like it's important for me because there is all this information available at your fingertips it's my responsibility as a dad to present this to her so that she's as informed as she can possibly be to make the best decision she has at the time and if she falls flat on her face, mom and, mom and dad are there to pick her up, dust her off, help her, learn from that experience, and move forward to the next one. And I don't think we can ask for much more than that. I'm interested to see what comes from this. Yeah, me too. And um, if we got it wrong, we got it wrong. Hopefully we got it right. And... Um, I wish I wish there weren't so many technical difficulties today because I'm sure we lost some of the detail as I was fighting with this to get um, to get the podcast going. Uh, but I truly I believe we communicated our heart and the exercise that you gave is something that's very valuable. And look, maybe you need to do this exercise for yourself, whoever you are, dude or dudette listening. Maybe you need to do this for yourself so you understand what you bring to your relationship and how you can bring it in a better way. All right? This episode went so much longer than anticipated, but this is where it's at. So I truly hope that you find some value in this so that you can make your process better and get your strategy together when it comes to your parenting and what, how you're going to talk to your kids about sex and relationships. Anything else, honey? Nope. All right. That is my lovely wife, Jeannie. I am Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's
certainly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.